0: You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. Today we celebrate 33 years as a ministry, as well as the beginning of our third year as Refuge since we relaunched and changed the name. And and in fact, we uh, will celebrate after service. We have some fast-friendly cupcakes and some of those THAT AREN'T FAST FRIENDLY, SO uh, THAT'S A LITTLE GIFT TO YOU AS, as WE CELEBRATE TOGETHER. Um, NOW, IN 1984, I WAS MUCH YOUNGER. <laughs> AND I DIDN'T KNOW A WHOLE LOT BACK THEN. I WAS A LOT MORE IGNORANT, SO uh, HOPEFULLY I LEARNED A FEW THINGS OVER THE YEARS, BUT ONE OF THE THINGS THAT REALLY is stirred IN MY HEART IS JUST AN INCREDIBLE, Gratefulness to God and thanks, thankfulness to God for His faithfulness over the years in in our lives. Over that period of time, I I met my wife. We got married. We had four children. Now we have grandchildren on the way. One on the way, and uh, one's here already. But it's it's just tremendous to see what God's done through the church, the growth, through outreach ministries overseas uh, and other countries. Just uh, I'm. I'm just you know overwhelmed with just a heart of thanksgiving and gratefulness to the Lord. Matthew 16, 18 was a theme scripture when, when we began the church 33 years ago, which says, and I don't have a slide for this, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. One thing I'm acutely aware of is that it's not my church, it's his church and he's building it. And all he's looking for is my participation, my involvement. And so over the years, as we together as a church family, we invite you to do your part. Because when everyone does their part, every need is met. But together, we are building with Christ as Jesus builds his church. And I believe that we haven't seen anything yet. I believe we're going to see growth and explosion uh, like we've never seen as, as we impact this community for Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to share just a couple of things before we get into my message about the significance of 33. A normal human spine has 33 vertebrae. Isn't that interesting? The age of Jesus when he died was 33. There are 33 recorded miracles of Jesus in the Gospels. The number 33 is connected to a promise or the promises of God. We see that throughout Scripture. The 33rd time Noah's name is used in Scripture is when God makes a special covenant promise that he had never flood the earth again or destroy the earth with a flood. But that's when he set the rainbow out there in the sky as a covenant promise. The 33rd time Abraham's name is used in the Bible is when his promised son Isaac was born. Isn't that interesting? That's in Genesis 21, 1 and 2. The one for Noah is found in Genesis 9, 12 through 16. 33 also derives some of its meaning from the total number of times. uh, Actually, the total number of times three or third is used in the book of Revelation. That's interesting. Uh, Because it is a product of three times 11, it can represent God's judgment. That's a scary thing, okay? Uh, So... Thus, revelation illustrates God's complete final judgment of the world, which is ultimately accomplished in the final three and a half years that are uh, the second part of the tribulation, leading up to the return of Christ. But we also see the divine name of God, Elohim, is referenced in Strong's Concordance. is mentioned in the first verse of Genesis about 33 times in creation. We see this number, this name mentioned, or this uh, Elohim mentioned 33 times. It's also, the number 33 is the numeric equivalent of the word, Amen, which means, so be it. So I don't know if you like to do a play on numbers, but uh, that's the number 33. So last week, we talked about Daniel in dan- the fire, no we didn't do that. <laughs> Daniel never was in the fire then, okay? Uh, I'm getting a little mixed up here, so that's okay. We talked about the fire and the Hebrew uh, young people that were in the fire because they refused to bow to the image of the king and worship a false image. And we realized that the fire is always a test of commitment. We also realized that you will never face the fire alone because there's a fourth man in the fire there with you. And also, number three, we realized that these young men came out of the fire, no longer bound, but free. In fact, they were promoted, and their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. And so we see that God is with us in the fire, no matter what you're facing. If you're not able to be here with us last week, uh, that message should be online, and, and you can listen to that at no charge at all. But now we want to look at the den, the den, and, and what that means. And how does that relate to you? We want to look at a key scripture for this series. It's found in Daniel 11.32. And it reads, the second part of that verse is, the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. The real theme of the book of Daniel is knowing God. But the people who know their God shall be strong and take action. Do you know him? Do you know him to the point that you are strong and take action? The New King James Version reads this way, that same passage. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Let's pray together as we join our faith together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together as believers today. Father, thank you for your word and the truth of your word that sets the captive free. Father, we ask that you help us to know you at a deeper level, to grow stronger in our faith so that we can take action, so that we can carry out great exploits for you. We thank you, Father, for this 33rd year of ministry, and I I thank you for those that were here at the very first service, my mom and Chris and others that may have not noticed uh, here, but, Father, we thank you for those individuals that have stuck with this vision all these years. And we thank you for those that have come more recently, Father God, and connecting with your vision. We thank you, Jesus, that you are building this church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We make that de- declaration, and we're thankful, Father, to be a part of what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. While well, we know that Daniel, in his youth, he was able to remain faithful to the Lord, He was able to stand up for what he believed, and he was able to make a difference where he was at. And our question we're posing to you, will you take that on as your life, as a mandate to be faithful to the Lord, to stand up for what you believe, and to be faithful right where you're at? The life of Daniel portrays a timeless story of of great faith, great courage, and perseverance in the midst of challenging times and seasons. And I believe we're living in challenging times as well. The underlying theme, as I mentioned, is, is really knowing God, knowing his purpose, knowing his plan, to know his will for your life. And see, that's a mandate on us. That's our responsibility. We need to know God's will. And, and he's more than willing to reveal it to you. But, but not everyone is really seeking to know his will. And, and you're doing yourself a great uh, disservice and putting yourself in great disadvantage for not pursuing and seeking after the will of God for your life. Daniel's example we see is a positive witness, actually from his youth to his old age, of a man who honored God in a culture that dishonored him. We see that so very clearly. In fact, throughout his life, Daniel was committed to serve the purpose of God for his life. And we need to be committed to serve the purpose of God for our life. And he acknowledged that the strength, the wisdom, and everything he was came from God. He was who he was because of the God that he served he recognized that his excellence was because he served an excellent God. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in the den? Now, growing up on the farm, we had a den. And that was a place where we would go after breakfast, after supper, and we'd relax. We'd turn on the TV. My dad had his chair, and nobody dared sit in it. In fact, if you were sitting in it, he came in the room, you got out. You didn't even... You didn't even wait a moment. I mean, I would get out, and I'd say, okay, Dad, and, you know, sweating a little bit maybe because I was in this chair. <coughs> but I can remember being in that den. That was a place when, when we came to know the Lord in a personal relationship with him. That's where we would meet as a family and pray. And there were nine of us, Mom and Dad and us seven kids, and it seemed like there was a, a place for everyone in that den And that den, when I think of a den, to me, I think of it in a positive connotation. I don't think of it as something negative. But yet, there's times when dens can be negative, that dens can be terrifying. And that's the case for Daniel. We see that very clearly. Because, as I said, a den can most commonly be referred to a place of relaxation. But for Daniel, it became the greatest test of his faith. See, in a phrase that's used today, Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines a lion's den in a phrase as a place or state of extreme disadvantage, antagonism, or hostility. And I tell you, lions can be intimidating. And, you know, I've been to the zoo. I've seen lions in the cage. But I've never been in the cage with the lions, And see, it's a whole different experience. amen. And I don't know if you've ever been in the cage with lions, but Daniel was, and it wasn't his desire, but he ended up there because of of people that conspired to put him there that did not like him. See, uh, the the Cambridge Dictionary, I'll I'll share this with you, uh, defines a lion's den as a dangerous or threatening place or situation. And let me just ask you today, Because you may be in a a dangerous situation, a threatening place, or a dangerous situation. And you can find help in that place. You're not there alone, just as Daniel was not alone in the lion's den because God sent his angel. The free dictionary says a lion's den is an unpleasant situation, in which a person or a group of people criticizes you or your idea. It's when you're under fire. It's when you're under persecution. It's when people are criticizing you, saying things that uh, maybe some are true, maybe it's not true, but you're getting the brunt of that. That's not a pleasant place to be. We take up the story of the lion's den in, in chapter 6 of the book of Daniel. If you want to turn there, feel free to turn there. We're going to share a few of those verses this morning, but it's also important to, to realize that um, this happened at a time when Daniel had reached a place of significance. He was in his 80s at the time when this happened. He was well-respected by the king, he was well-respected in the community, but there were other people that were were jealous of him. And um, we realized that uh, this is more than just a story, even though this is one of the most favorite Bible stories in the Bible for a lot of people, It's more than just a story. It's, I believe, a truth that inspires us today to serve our God even when it's not popular, even when it's not convenient, even when it doesn't feel good. A lion's den is not where we belong unless God is with you. So I don't recommend you do this at home, okay? So starting in chapter six, verse three, let's take this on. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Now let's pause right there. The plan of the king obviously was made known to others and the others didn't like this plan because they had other agendas and didn't want to see Daniel supersede their positions of authority, okay? Verse 4, then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful, and no error or fault was found in him. I mean, this guy was clean as a whistle. Verse 5. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. See, now they shifted from his performance to attacking him for his faith. So these were legalists. If we can find something that would trap him, snare him in his relationship to God. And guess what? They found something. They contrived something. The, the king obviously had a, a big eagle. And uh, so Darius was probably a guy that you know he liked people saying good things about him, and so these some of these other leaders came to him to the king and said, yeah, "We you know we we want to do something uh, because we want people to have allegiance to you, king, because other you know they're serving maybe other gods and things, but we want them to worship you as God, and so we're going to decree something and we're going to find out who's faithful and who's not in your kingdom." For the next 30 days, everyone's going to have to worship you. They can't worship or pray to any other god. And if they do, they're going to be thrown into the lion's Then, And the king thought, well, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll find some people that uh, we need to identify and locate because they're a threat to my kingdom. And so he sealed this thing, signed it, and it went into effect. And Daniel knew that. And yet it wasn't going to stop him from praying to his god, to the true god. See, it's interesting because King Darius set or appointed Daniel over the satraps. And you know what a satrap is? Satraps were governors that ruled over provinces in Babylon. That's what they are. And there were 120 that became accountable to Daniel, which made them absolutely jealous and furious and angry. Evil men that conspired among those satraps conspired against him. And so Daniel was a prophet of the true and living God, he defied King Darius's decree at a cost. But yet, because the king loved Daniel, he tried to do everything in his power to undo, show weakness to the kingdom. If a king's degree was, decree was not carried out, that would show weakness and the flaw in his kingdom. And so it had to be carried out. It had to be carried out. So... What are lessons we learned from the den? And this, I believe, can be life application in our own lives when we find ourselves to be in the den. See, when people think of you, do they know where where you stand? I I mean, that wasn't the case with with Daniel. They knew where he stood. They knew that he was faithful to the God of Israel, to the one true God. So they didn't have to question his faith. They knew his faith was solid, and that's why they tried to trip him up in, in that area of his life so that they could get rid of him. That was their intent, to get rid of them. And so, number one, lessons we learned from the den, Daniel had a conviction that God's will took precedence over everything and everyone. He had a conviction that no matter what, God's will took precedence. And, you know, I think about this with Jesus, because Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he did the same thing. He put God's will above his own. He made God's will that took precedence over everything and everyone. Because in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And and what's interesting, because the the same parallel we can see with, with Daniel, because Even the king was trying to find a loophole in his decree to free Daniel from this judgment of the lion's den, but he couldn't. So the will of the king had to be carried out and the judgment had to be, uh, you know, fulfilled. And so we need to make this our reality that we have a conviction that God's will takes precedence In our lives. See, Daniel wasn't willing to to compromise his standards. Daniel stands as the accused and did not change a thing, even though he was accused and facing this penalty. We take it up in chapter 6, verse 10. It says, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went into his house where he had the windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave God thanks or gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. See, he didn't change a thing in spite of the decree. He wasn't going to allow this decree to compromise his faith. Verse 11 goes on to say, Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. In other words, they busted his prayer meeting. He's having this prayer meeting. They come in. Oh, we caught you. Now we have witnesses, now you're going to go to the den. And so there was no legal pardon that was available to Daniel, even though the king was for him. His deliverance was not to come through the hands of an earthly ruler. See, sometimes we're looking for the hand of an earthly person to set us free, but there are situations we may be in that our deliverance won't come from the hand of a human but from God himself. You know, now God will work through people, but don't always look to people for your answer. Look to God, okay? See, it was the God who rules the heavens that was going to deliver Daniel. Not even the king could save him. The second thing we can learn from the den is that faith and trusting God was Daniel's only option. Is only option. Sometimes your faith and trust in God is your only option. But it's a good option because when you're trusting God, you know, you're sitting in those chairs this morning and you look pretty comfortable. That tells me that you trust those chairs to hold up your weight. You're not sitting there full of anxiety thinking that at any minute the chair's going to collapse and you're going to fall to the ground, right? Because you trust those chairs. And that's what trust is. We put our weight on God and his word, knowing that he's not going to let us fall. He's going to take care of us, okay? And so uh, we, we see this. Um, we always limit ourselves when we trust in our limited understanding. We see in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and I don't have a slide for this, but it says, trust in the Lord. Don't lean to your own understanding, but trust in the Lord, and he's going to make your path straight. He's going to direct you when you trust him, we often lean on our own understanding. That, that's what gets us in trouble, but we need to trust in the Lord. It, go, it goes on to say in verse 16, when the sentence is actually carried out here. Daniel 6:16, 6, "Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, "May your God whom you serve continually deliver you?" I mean, the king was for him, okay? Verse 17, And the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of the Lord's, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Verse 18, Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. This, this king spent the night in prayer and fasting for Daniel. Wow. He had the king going to bat for him. Verse 19, then at daybreak, it's morning, the king arose and went into haste, in with haste to the den of lions. And he came near to the den where Daniel was and he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, "O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lion's 21, then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. In other words, he was true to God. He was true to his king, and God delivered him. He sent his angel to deliver Daniel from the mouth of the lion's and and you know when we think about this and there's so much more we could say because you may be in a den of lions but those lions don't have to harm you i think he made some pets that night now they were hungry lions too because his accusers his accusers uh, it wasn't it didn't go well for them it, it, the story ends badly for the accusers because the king placed it, basically said okay you guys who accused daniel that's where you're going. And before they even hit the bottom of the floor of that pit, the lions begin to devour them. And the sad thing is, it was not only those men, but their families. They suffered the consequences of, of their sin. And so, so often people do things and it affects their whole family. And, but yet we, we see, and I, I wanna put a plug out there, uh, Flex has a movie, it's called The Daniel Movie. It's very accurate to scripture. It, it might be a little low budget, but it's very well done. So if you have time this next week, I encourage you to watch that. You, it's on YouTube, just uh, type in The Daniel Movie, and it should show up, and it's uh, from Flex. So uh, a, a great time to sit with your family and watch that. great entertainment. It'll give you a greater love and passion for that man, Daniel, and his faithfulness. And I believe it will stir you to be more faithful to God as well. Then finally, number three, lessons we learned from the den. Our enemy's intent is for the lion's den to devour us. But God's intent is to display his power resulting in a greater testimony that will be an influence to others. I'll share that again. That's, that's a That's a long point right there, okay? Um, our enemy's attempt for the lion's den is that it devour us. But God's intent is to display his power resulting in a greater testimony that I believe will influence others. See, Daniel came out of the lion's den with a greater testimony and the power of God that actually converted the king. And we see a new decree was made by this king we read in Daniel chapter 6, verse 25, then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall, be, shall or be to the end, and never be destroyed or come to an end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Now, the outcome also is that Daniel was promoted. In verse 28, it said, Thus, so this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So not only during the reign of that king, but the next king that came on the scene, Daniel was able to prosper. We also see in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 that Daniel is mentioned there, his faith that stopped the mouths of lions. I believe that God is wanting to do signs and wonders in the earth today, and he wants to display those signs and wonders through you, through his people. What den are you facing today that's threatening to you? What attack are you under? Maybe everything's okay, and that's fine, but if you end up in the den of lions, you need to be assured that you won't be there long as you serve the God of this universe faithfully. So I want you this morning to consider that. What den are you facing? It might not be as dramatic as what Daniel faced, but it may very well be a den, and you may be stuck in that place with no hope of getting out alive. I want us to take a moment and really bow our heads and and pray because the Holy Spirit, I believe, is wanting to do a work in you I sense that there are some of you that define yourself by your mistakes, the mistakes that you've made. And we need to realize that we're not defined so much by our mistakes of the past, but we're defined by the direction that we're going. And you can choose to go the right direction today. You can make a decision to give your heart over to the purpose and the plan of God. More completely. Now, I know many of you love God, you're serving God, you're walking with Him, but I want to challenge you to make your commitment even more serious, to go to the next level, not just to be a Christian because it's comfortable, not just to be a Christian because it's the thing to do, because you know it's right, because you believe the Word, but to be a Christian because of the call and purpose of God, to have an uncompromising commitment to serve his purpose, and to be willing to sacrifice, to be willing to do whatever he would require of you, not just if it meets your criteria. Because so many people serve God, they come to God on, on their terms. We can't come to God on our terms. We come to him on his terms, if we're truly serious about him. So as we pray this morning, I want to extend to those that may not have a personal relationship with Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I can't say that I'm a Christian. I can't say that if I were to die, I would go to heaven. But I want to give my life to him today. I I open my heart to receive his mercy, his, his, his grace in my life so that I can be forgiven of my sins, so that I can receive the gift of eternal life. That's available to you. And maybe you've gone to church all your life. I don't know. But have you made a commitment to Jesus Christ? Have you received him as the Lord of your life? That's what makes the difference. So we're going to pray this this morning. But if you're here today before we pray, and you say, Pastor, I want you to include me in that prayer to make a commitment to Jesus, I want you to lift your hand. Maybe it's the first time you've ever opened your heart to receive Jesus or maybe it's a time that you're coming back you've drifted you've walked away from God and now you see that it's time to get serious it's time to get right with God if that's you lift your hand and we're going to pray appreciate your honesty this morning as we pray but we're going to pray this prayer together pray this with me Heavenly Father thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me I open my heart to you right now. I put my faith in Jesus, who is the Son of the living God, who is the Savior of the world. There is salvation in no other. Jesus, I believe in you, and I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Make my life what you want it to be. I believe you died for me and you rose from the dead to give me new life. Thank you, Jesus. Now just talk to him in your own words right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And now for the rest of you, maybe that was the first time you prayed that prayer for some of you. But the rest of you, let's go deeper in our our commitment with Christ and, and repeat these words after me. Heavenly Father, I mean business right now. And I'm no longer willing to play religious games. Let my commitment go deeper. Help me to resolve in my heart that I will serve your purpose And that your will is first and foremost in my life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, right now, by the Spirit of God, there's there's decisions you need to make. Decisions you need to make before you leave this building. Decisions like, okay, God, I'm not going to pursue this direction that I've been pursuing in my life because it's leading in the wrong course, the wrong path. You know it. There's some of you that you need to really open your heart to let God speak to you about your calling and not run from it. Because I sense that some of you are running from God. You know, you love God, but you're still running from Him. It doesn't work. Just talk to Jonah. Look at him. He ended up in the whale of a mess when he ran from God. So I believe that God is wanting to do, and it's astounding work in your life today Uh, in a moment we're going to invite our prayer team up here and we want you to come if you've responded to receive Jesus for the very first time or coming back to him or maybe you're here you desire more of God you want to be filled with his spirit the prayer team will be available to pray with you or if you have a need maybe in the den right now and you're facing some challenges in your life And it doesn't matter how big or how small that challenge is, our pro team will join the faith with you and we can help you get through this situation because God is for you, not against you. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.